0: The back with uh, Mrs. Barnes. Um, If you didn't get a label, there may be one waiting for you on that back table. If I remember to print it. So, uh, so yeah. If your kids are staying, there's activities on that back table they can take. There's sermon notes for them to use. um, All the same things. It's normal. So, we're thankful you're here. Uh, Let me pray for us real quick, and then Reuben will take the lead. God, we thank you so much for this uh, chance to. Uh, to worship and to study your word. Lord, we thank you for this chance to get to know uh, Reuben uh, and the Marlowe family. And God, we just pray that you would bless this time and bless the time that is to come uh, with great conversations, uh, Lord. And we just pray for your will and your leading. God, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. It's been a great pleasure and pri- privilege
1: to be here. Got in about uh, three o'clock on. Is it weird for me to put this over here? Does that bother you guys? Okay, good. Um, uh, I, j- I, you know, I didn't think about it at all, but uh, when I was, uh, my pastor at, at Bighorn, he asked for like a coffee table thing. And I was like, man, I don't know, I kind of like a, a podium that's pointed. And then I've preached off of it long enough, I'm kind of like, well, I, I kind of miss it a little bit. Stick my water up here, my coffee, I don't know, but uh, a little bit different. But we'll stick it off to the side. Um, so I've been here since uh, about Friday about three o'clock and uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's kind of hosted my family and I for Chandra and for Mrs. Barnes and uh, for the Bundys um, they've all put up with me Steve and Anita cooking for us and uh, also the the worship team for being patient uh, Emily and uh, Julie and Steve you guys were a joy to play with and thankfully I didn't rip my guitar off the stage that was yeah. It just it happens, but uh, no, it's it's been a joy to be here, and uh, super thankful for everyone who's uh, made us, uh, me and my family, uh, feel welcome. And so, thank you so much. Um, today we're going to be in the book of Psalms. Uh, it's a big giant book. It's a collection. It's a song book. Actually, it's a song book of the the Old Testament, the Hebrew people. And so we're going to go to the twenty seventh uh, song, uh, the twenty seventh Psalm, uh, and we're going to read. It's it says it's the Psalm of David, a Psalm of David. And so that doesn't give us a lot to work off of about when it was in David's life. And uh, as we read the psalm, we'll be able to kind of, you know, kind of guess about some things about what's going on in his life. Um, and so we 've got some guesses about when this is, but uh, david didn 't really tell us when this was in in his life and and so we kind of want to just consider before we read the psalm. I want you to kind of think about David and consider his his life and what he was like you know he was He was a shepherd boy he was he was the youngest of the family, he was uh, scrawny as a kid, but grew to be a, a mighty man of war um, he literally becomes this mighty man of war. That uh, literally, other people, you know, after he defeats Goliath and he's running around um, uh, as as a as a mighty man, uh, he's got other groups of other men that run around with him, and they, they're called David's mighty men, and and he's leading them, and and they were fighting their enemies, and they were doing these great and wonderful things, and there's literally songs about his conquests, and you're like, wow, this guy's a man's man, and and yet. As a man's man, this fighter, this warrior, he's also a poet, you know. He's, he's off writing these psalms and these songs and, and, and he's, you know, I've dabbled in poetry I'm not good at it. Uh, I, I, you know, some people say I don't even know how to rhyme because, like, it rhymes, but, like, it's not the same amount of syllables. I don't know. It rhymes. I don't know what to tell you. So my, my poetry is very limited. But David's is this expansive network. There's a song that I, I like to sing. It's called um, uh, Days of Elijah. And in it it says that David was rebuilding the temple of praise. And, and you read that and you're like, oh, David wasn't allowed to build the temple, right? It was his son that built the temple. But what did he build for us? He built us this, this a temple of praise, this, this uh, entire psalm book. Uh, most of it's written by David. The majority of it's written by David. And he, he teaches us how to worship God by the things that he wrote. And so David's this mighty man. He's this warrior. He's this poet. Um, but, man, he was also, he had some hard times in his life. It's a times of trying to learn patience. uh, And and we see this godly attitude from him as he's been anointed to become king, but he's actually serving under the king. Uh, This king who's actually not very righteous and and who is uh, actually trying to kill him. He has to go on the run from the king uh, because the king's literally like throwing javelins at him. And you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And then he's like hiding in caves, and then he's like sleeping right next to him while he's hiding, and it, it gets really weird, and David gets put in some really hard positions, and you know, I don't know about when this is written, when David wrote the psalm, but there's, there's some extremely hard times in David's life. David David's own children begin fighting, and, and one of them rapes the sister, and then they're killing each other, and they're like trying to kick him out of the kingdom and try to be king, and like David's on the run again as king from his own family, and Man, David, his own friend, Ahithophel, like, he, he betrayed him and is serving his son. And, man, David, David went through it. The circumstances of David's life are ups and downs. There's, there's these awesome victories, but there's also these, like, crazy hard moments in his life. And here in this psalm, David gives us an example He presents himself as an example. Because as we look at David, we we begin to see, even in some of these crazy circumstances, him displaying this godly attitude. Him him displaying these, you know, in in our day and age, we would call them the fruit of the spirit, right? Out of Galatians, like he's gentle and he's patient and he's kind and he's loving. I mean, he didn't kill King Saul when he had the chance multiple times, right? Because it wasn't his to do, right? And, and, And so David displays this patience, this godliness that goes far beyond things we can comprehend. David was a passionate man, but he was not man ruled by his passions. Instead, he was a godly man, and and in this psalm, he presents to what I believe to be the the secret to his success, David's secret to how he has strength and confidence in the midst of all the crazy circumstances of his his life. So look at Psalm 27 and read it with me as as we go through, and let's consider David's life as we go through this and, and try to recognize just exactly how hard um, some of these things were for David and what he's actually saying. says in verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his temple. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let me pray. Lord, we come to you today in need of you. And, and the things that uh, we're looking at, they, 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 they can be all-encompassing. But, Lord, I pray that we would not be overwhelmed, but that we would trust and that we would seek you and you alone. May you be honored and glorified in the things that we say and do today. In your name, amen. (coughs) So Psalm 27. You know, David sets out himself as an example. I've heard some of you guys have been instructed and encouraged that some of you guys are note takers. And I didn't give Rondi notes to put on for you, but I'll try to be good to give you notes, uh, some points. And, and really, the, the first point is that David sets himself out as an example. In this first part of this psalm, David sets himself out as an example. He says, first of all, uh, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation of whom shall I be afraid the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid and so david david begins this example with not necessarily looking at himself but looking at who is the lord and and i think this is so important for us as we consider the circumstances and situations that we're going to face in our life one of the first and primary things that we need to consider is who is the lord Who is God in our circumstances? Who is God in this present situation? You know, who is God uh, when I face this temptation? You know, who are we actually viewing God as? And David here presents God as a couple different things. And and, and right off the bat, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. And sometimes because we sing songs and because we like, uh, you know, wordplay, we we, we like to say, okay, I know what that means. But if we would actually consider these two words for just a moment, I want us to try to catch a vision of who God is in in our life, in our circumstances, in our situation. Who is God? Is he just some creator? Is he just some force out there? Or is he something more than that for you? David, David starts off, he says, the Lord is my light. And I think sometimes because we live in the 21st century and we have access to light switches, um, we struggle to understand like the importance of what it means when David says, "The Lord is my light." This this becomes a, a matter of of life and death for for people of the, of the old days, and and. It, it, you know, because we have a light switch, we have, uh, unlimited work hours, and, and because we have a light switch, you know, when, when it starts getting dark outside, that's when we find to go inside and get work done, and, and when, because we have light switches, like, we, you know, if you think about how much, like, uh, the, the world has, uh, I- the industrial revolution, how much the world has changed since the invention of the light bulb, like, it's crazy how much we can do just because we have light, um, we have access we have uh like when i walk into a dark room if it's dark i don't worry about it i just pull out my phone and i used to have used to have a motorola and it didn't last too long but if you just go like this with a motorola the flashlight turns on it's the f- coolest thing but then, like, you'd turn your flashlight on all the time. It wasn't that cool. But it was, it was handy, right? Like, we have access to light all the time. And so for us, like, you know, what does it mean the Lord is my light? Okay, cool. It's a nice little light switch that I can flick on and off whenever I want. But that's not the same for David. You see, for David, light was a matter of life and death. Light was a matter uh, of being able to see, being able to uh, beware of attackers, to be able to see the dangers that are coming to see, the roadblocks are, that are in front of him. Uh, in First in, in John, John himself, he says this, this is the message which we have heard and, uh, from him and declare to you that God is light. The idea that God is light is actually this really important thing because there are things in our life that we would have no understanding were a danger if he had not revealed it to us. There are things in our life that if we were left to our own devices, we would trip and we would fall and we would be broken and we would be scarred. But because God has shown his light and in him there is no darkness, Right? John continues to say, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we are walking in darkness, we're lying. We don't even know who God is. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed us from all sin. We Because God has illuminated, because God has revealed his way, what is good, what is is wrong, and what is evil. Because God has revealed to us the truth. He has revealed a better way. He has illuminated our path. When, when, When David says, the Lord is my light, this is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of dependence on God. It's a matter of how do I live my life? How do I prepare for these dangers? How can I survive without this light? You know, I was thinking about it. You know, someone uh, mentioned it. Uh, I think Rusty mentioned it the other day. You know, you know, some people don't know what it's like to work in the mines, work underground. Can you imagine the amount of dependence the miners have to have on light? Like, what can you do in the mine without light? Like, this is a matter of life and death and dependence. David is saying, the Lord is my light. He is everything I need to survive in this world. The Lord is my light. He says this, the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Again, I don't know, sometimes I think we struggle to understand what that even means. Like, what's the impact of saying salvation, you know? I was I was four years old when, when I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and live with me for the rest of my life. Four years old, how much did I know what that meant? I don't know, you know? At 31 years old, how much do I know what that means? I, I still don't know. And, and But we use this word all the time. We sing about it. It's in almost all the songs I talk about. Uh, it, it, this word salvation, he's our savior, But really, in our life, you know, how much do we actually feel like we need a Savior? You know, David, in a moment, we might look at this a little bit. David, in a moment, is going to talk about his enemies. And I struggle in my life, like, who's my enemy? Like, who's out to get me? Man, I I don't know if I have a name of someone who's out to get me. Like, when's the last time, I mean, man, we watch UFC fighters, and they get in the ring, and they're literally trying to kill each other, but man, the moment they're done, they're like hugging each other, they love each other, man, that was so much fun, and they're crazy, but you know, whatever, you know, like, I mean, who's actually our enemy? When's the last time I needed saved? I mean, is the last time I needed saved, uh, well, when I was stranded on the side of the road, Call your friend up, man, you need to save me. Is that what I think a savior is? Maybe it's, you know, you're on vacation and you get the call that a water pipe blew up. So you're calling your friend, man, I need, I need you to save me. I need you to run over to my house, turn my water off. Man, it, sometimes I think that's the extent of what we think we need a savior for. When was the last time you needed a savior? When was the last time you were being robbed and you had no power and control? When's the last time you were surrounded by an army and were facing death? And you didn't know how you were gonna get out of it. When's the last time you had no power to save yourself? Man, for David, this was a constant occurrence. What do you do when the king is trying to kill you? What do you do when your son has kicked you out of the kingdom? What do you do when your advisor has betrayed you? David needed a savior. He needed salvation. He needed someone who had more power and control and authority and wisdom. And I need that. I tell you what, there's times in my life where I think I know what I'm doing. And God's the last thing on my mind. And eventually there comes a point in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And then I pray. David needed a savior. David says, the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Every moment of every day, the things I fight for, the things I'm worried about, the things that are coming against me, my enemies, my, my own fears, my own anxieties, like everything, there's this danger th- uh, of things overwhelming me. But the secret to David's success is who God is. The Lord is, he's my light. He's what I depend on. He's my salvation. He's the one that delivers me. And then he says this, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. And we know this is true for David because we don't just have Psalm 27. We have all the Psalms. And we have first and Second Samuel, and, and we have so much of the, the Jewish history to prove that the strength of David's life was not sh- David. It wasn't David. It was God. Let's go to the most famous story of David, right? It's found in 1 Samuel 17. When David comes, comes uh, to, to bring food to his brothers and, and here's a giant, here's Goliath screaming profanities in, against God and his people. And David's like, ah, oh, that's not okay. That is not okay. I'm going to do something about that. And he goes to Saul and he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be your champion. So I was like, what? Little kid? It's David and Goliath. Like, I mean, you're you and he's him, right? <laughs> That's the situation of most of my life. I look at him like, oh, it's, it's me against that, you know? And, and here's what David says. David says, 1 Samuel uh, 17, verse 34, he says, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. If we stopped right there, we might begin to get this impression that David is this strong, mighty man of war. We might think about the 300 mighty men. We might think of, th- of David's conquest. We might think of what David does to this giant. And we might begin to get this self-image, and sometimes I think we do this with ourselves. We get this image, well, I've done this in the past, and I've done this in the past. And, and if I can do that, then I can move forward in the future. I can deal with a certain circumstances of my life on my own because I've done this in the past but if we stop right there we miss the secret because here's what David said next verse number 37 moreover David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine Man, that's so important as we look back on our lives. We don't we don't look at the things that God has done and take credit for that. Because then in today, when we face those situations and we're taking credits for the things, taking credit for the things that God has done, we'll get this pride and this arrogance that I can survive today. That I don't need the light and salvation. Who is our God? The strength of my life is myself. Man, I'm born and raised in Wyoming. I'm a Wyoming man, right? Like, I, you know, get her done, right? Like, man, I don't need help. You know, it's hard sometimes to ask for help, right? But that's, that can't be the strength of my life. If I'm the strength of my life, I'm alone. I'm lost. And I'm, 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 I'm fumbling around in the dark. I'm tripping. I'm falling. I'm broken. But if I recognize the things in the past weren't because of me, it was because of God, then today the things that I need are not more of me. It's more of my light and my salvation. It's more of my God. And so this is David's prayer. This is David's example. This is, this is the secret to his life. He's going to tell us here. You know, very quickly, you know, the, the next point would be the enemy, right? Who is the enemy? And, and again, I, I think I've touched on this a little bit. Who is the enemy of your life? You know, wh- what are you facing? Because, like, sometimes it's hard for us. It, it's easy when the enemy is defined. It's much harder when it's, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just this endless opposition. It's this, you know, luck. You know, like, we have a hard time, like, putting our finger on what our enemy is. But I want us to begin to recognize that the things that David is presenting here, number one, like he's talking about actual enemies, okay? Like he's talking about actual armies. But it's even more than that. It's the things that oppose God. We do have an enemy, we, we do, as followers of Jesus Christ, there are things that are opposed to Jesus Christ. Jesus tells his people, he tells his disciples, hey, there's going to be people that oppose you, but don't worry, they're not actually opposing you, they're opposing me. And so what we have to recognize is the things that fight against God are our enemy. That is our opposition. And sometimes that comes from us. Sometimes the things I want to do are in the darkness, not what God has illuminated. Sometimes the way I want to live my life is not the way God has called me to live my life, the way he has shown us. And so sometimes we have to recognize that there's an enemy that is outside and there's an enemy on the inside. And we are battling this enemy. And it's too often the battle for us in, in our day and age is to try to live our life without God. And so David's secret here, his desire, what he does, this is what we need to do. Right? As we face the circumstances, the enemies, whether they're outside or inside, we need to recognize who God is. And then we need to have this desire that David has. Verse number, um, the, the very end of verse number three, he says this. In this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want, I want to say this, um, and I wrote it down so I say it correctly. Living a life of strength and confidence in the midst of our daily struggles can only be found in a life devoted to seeking after God. The, 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 the secret to David's strength is he was fully devoted to seeking after God. It was not himself. It was not his own strength. It was not his own salvation. It is the Lord. And David's desire here, he, this is where he finds confidence. This is a question I've asked myself. You know, I've watched a lot of people be confident. And then I go pretend to be confident, and it's a vastly different thing, right? Like, where do you get confidence? Like, how, how do people get so convinced they know this is the right thing? man, I mean, I didn't watch the debate, but there's debates, and you listen to these people, they're confident, they have the answers, and you're just like, man, I don't know, like, uh, that's a good point, and that's a good point, like, how do you, how do you have this bravado to be so confident, and uh, David doesn't have this false bravado, instead, he just has this confidence that he's going to seek after God, I'm going to seek after God, and this is, this, this is my confidence, like, I'll just give you a hint, like, If I come here or if I don't, no matter where I am for the rest of my life, this is my passion. This is my drive to be with God, to know him, to to actually dwell with him. What does it mean to dwell with God? Man, he uses these words, and, and again, I think it's funny, he, he uses this word, uh, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that I could inquire in his temple, and, and the temple isn't even built yet. Once again, David gets it wrong, and later on he says tabernacle, but man, the temple's not even built yet. So David, how does he get this wrong? It's just, man, all these are things where we can meet God. David makes meeting with God the single priority of his life. And the single priority of our life should be to be with God. The things that we fight after, the things that we struggle after, the the things that attempt to overwhelm us. David was not overwhelmed by his circumstances. David was overwhelmed by his desire to be with God. And it's not just this, uh, yeah, we can give the Sunday school answer. God is everywhere, so he's with me. Cool. And then we go about our day and forget that he even exists no david's desire his passion what drove him where he found strength where he found light and d- dependency and salvation was in in seeking after god and he gives us some really simple things about how we can we can actually have this it, it, it's you know it's this desire to to meet with him, right? Like, you know, coming to church isn't just meeting with God. Like, we want to have that, First John talks about this fellowship where we're encouraging each other in the light, right? We want to do that at church. We want to help each other know God and but like it's a personal thing where we meet we meet with God where we we hear from him we hear his words where we speak to him where we're actually praying to him where we inquire of God when we take the burdens the things that are overwhelming us the enemies that are we are facing we're actually talking to our God about those things see prayer was not a last resort for David prayer was like a rhythm of life so that when these things happened in his life it was obvious that the First thing he does is he he goes and he talks to his friend. He talks to his the one he's dependent on, he talks to his light and his salvation, he talks to the strength of his life. Man, this communication, this intimacy that David has is obvious. As we read the Psalms, the intimacy that David has with God is obvious. And I want to ask, is it obvious that you have an intimacy with the Savior? Do you know how to inquire of our God? Do you know how to hear from him? Have you been listening to God? Have you been trying to hear from him? Have you you poured out your heart and your soul to him? Have you spoken to your God lately? David's one priority is to meet with his God. And he recognizes what God does the next verse there in verse number 5 he says for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me he shall set me high on a rock and now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me listen this is an important thing we need to begin to recognize what god is doing if we go through a whole week and we don't recognize the hand of god if we don't see what he's doing i think we're missing it we're 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 ascribing it to karma We're ascribing it to circumstances. And very soon, circumstances will be our God. And when circumstances change, then your life no longer has strength. But if God is the one that's working and active in your life, and you begin to rely and trust in him, then it doesn't matter what happens with the circumstances. Firm, because I'm trusting in God. We need to recognize what he's doing. We need to recognize how he's working to deliver us, to lead us, to guide us. And when we recognize that, we have to thank him for it. The last half of verse six there, he says this, therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. When we recognize what God has done, it is incumbent upon us to praise him, to literally just tell other people what God has done. Man, it's not just singing up here. Like, that's great. Someone else wrote that song. When's the last time you told someone else what God has done in your life? When have you shown other people by the way that you live that following God is worth following? When's the last time you showed other people that you depend on him for your daily life? Speaking about God, it's, it's not... It doesn't have to be something crazy where we, you know, I, we, don't, we don't have to get into all the traditionalism about when we, when we kneel and when we bow and when we, you know, do all the fancy stuff. Man, if God is the priority of your life, if me knowing him, being with him, becomes this daily active pursuit of your life, then it's going to be a daily active thing that you talk about. It's going to come out in the way that you live. And it will be impossible for other people to not see the intimacy you have with your Savior. Sing about it. Praise God about it. Offer sacrifices about it. Make your life show that you have a Savior who's the strength of your life. You know, this is such an important thing, it's such a powerful thing that David actually stops talking about himself as an example. You know, David's showing us, hey, this God, this is who God is. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. My priority is to seek after God. And he just breaks down and he stops and he prays. And he pours his uh, heart out to God. Literally, the psalm changes. The entire tone of the psalm changes here. It goes from David saying, this is who God is, this is what I'm facing, and this is what I do about it, to David just Looking to God and saying, God, I I need you. I need you. He says this, don't turn away from me in anger. And sometimes we have, this, we, have this, like we have this confidence and assurance that God is with us, so much so that we don't have this heart that David has. Because I know that God will never leave me and forsake me. I know that God has proven to be true time after time and generation after generation. I know he is there for me. But David watched God take his blessing away from Saul. David watched what happened when a man who was blessed by God rejected God and then was rejected by God. And David breaks down in prayer and he says, listen, the strength of my life is my God. And if God leaves me, I have nothing. And may we actually have that prayer where we don't want to live this life apart from God. May we actually beg God to never leave us. May we beg God, may we not actually consider our life. If we were to actually consider our life for the past week, how much have I needed God in the past week? And we begin to recognize just how little we think we need him. May we actually begin to pray how much I need him. I need God. I cannot live this life apart from him. And yet so often we do. So may we pray this prayer that David prayed. He, let's read it. He says this Hear, Lord, when I cry with my voice. God, hear me. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. You told me to seek your face. My heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. So do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father, my, my mother forsake me, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Deliver me. This should be the prayer of our life. Do not leave me. Do not forsake me. Teach me. Deliver me. Lead me. This should be a daily prayer for us. So we have David's example. In our circumstances, in our struggle, who is God and what is my response to God? Is, Is God the priority of my life? And then we hear David's prayer, and then he gives a charge. It's very simple. He says this, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your life. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This wasn't just for David. This is for us. We need to make God the priority of our life, to know him, to meet with him, to speak to him, let us not be overwhelmed with the circumstances of our situation. Let us be overwhelmed with a desire to be with God. Let's make prayer a rhythm of our life where it is not the last resort, but it's our first response. Let's ask God to actually teach us and to guide us. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means that we... He's the strength of our life, that we are not living this life apart from him. And listen, it's not just enough to have this desire to know God. The question is, is how will you actually seek God? Will you follow David's example, and will you make God meeting with him a priority in your life? Let me pray for us. Lord, we come to you today, and we recognize that life without you is broken, and it's scary. Lord, as I look back in my life and I recognize the things that I've done uh, without you, uh, I recognize the meaninglessness, the the questions, the fear, the anxieties, the pressure of what all that can mean. Lord, I pray that you would continually show us how you are working in the land of the living, that the things that you are doing, that you've shown us your way, and that your way is good and so, Lord, I pray for each of us here today that the things that we're seeking would be for for you, that we would make you not just an afterthought, but the priority of our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much,
0: uh, Ruben, for that word and just for uh, being here today. I've got a few announcements for us uh, before we kind of head out and get on with uh, the day. Uh, first of all, if you are new to Living Hope Church, there should be a welcome card somewhere in the vicinity of you, if you would not mind filling that out and placing the box on the back table, we'd appreciate it. Uh, That's also where you can place your tithes and offerings if you consider this your church home. Uh, In terms of announcements, uh, we have Youth Group has started back, and Youth Group meets here at the church from 6 to 7 on Wednesday nights. Uh, If you have questions about that, you can see Justin or Emily in the back. Um, We have a barbecue following church. Um, If you uh, can kind of give us a little bit of time, run home. Uh, the church is providing hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, if you have a side or dessert you could bring to share, that would be awesome. Uh, there'll be time to, to run home and grab that, and then uh, we'll meet back down at the pavilion. Uh, I don't know, food will probably be ready in between 11, 45, 12, somewhere in there. Um, but we'll be at the pavilion. Uh, that's on the island. I keep using terms aren't on maps. Uh, anyway, but yeah, down there. If you have questions where the pavilion is, ask someone that's from Green River. They'll tell you where it is. Uh, anyway, we're going to be inside. There'll be uh, some gymnastic stuff set up for kids. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we're just going to hang out. Great opportunity to get to know Ruben and Brittany and the rest of their family. Um, and so yeah, so that's an opportunity for that. After we are done eating there, we will walk across the island uh, to the river, and um, I think we have seven baptisms to do today, and so super excited about that. Uh, so please uh, come and meet Reuben, but also hang around and participate in those uh, with us. Uh, if you have some friends and family that are going to meet us there, I would guess that will happen sometime between 1 and 1.30 if you've got guests coming. So, uh, so let them know. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what this afternoon uh, will look like. Uh, again, if you have questions, uh, come see me, see the search team, see somebody. Uh, we'll ask and we'll answer those. Um, in terms of the process kind of moving forward, uh, the way our church is structured right now, um, the search team will vote uh, sometime in the next few days or week um, on the candidate. Uh, and then they will kind of let the candidate know, and then we'll wait for their response. Um, then we'll move forward from there. But uh, so, if, so those search team members, Chandra, Amber, Jared, Justin, um, Steve, uh, and Anita, if, if you don't know who they are, uh, come see me and I'll point you to them. But that's who you want to, like, talk to, ask questions, give feedback to, um, and they'll kind of lead us uh, forward in that. If you have questions about that, um, you can come see me and I'll point you to them. So it sounds great. Uh, So I think that's all I have in terms uh, of announcements. Um, No matter what happens in terms of the candidate, I will continue to be here until the new candidate is here. And uh, we'll support you guys in that way. And uh, so, yeah, so that's what's going on. We hope you come and join us at the barbecue. Uh, Come for baptisms. Um, Let me close this in prayer and then we'll send you out. God, we thank you so much uh, for being here today. God, we thank you just for... Uh, Meeting with us through song and through your word, Uh, God, we just pray, um, Lord, that you would uh, just help us to trust you, Lord, and seek you uh, first uh, as our source of just life and provision. Uh, And God, uh, we just pray that you would bless uh, the rest of this day. Would You bless us with great conversations, and uh, Lord, as we get to know Reuben and his family, great conversations with one another, uh, Lord, and then God, we pray uh, just for your blessing and celebration as we, at baptisms, we celebrate life's change. Lord, we thank you. Uh, for the joy that is in our lives and in our church, and so uh, Lord, we just uh, pray for your wisdom and guidance as we move forward. Lord, you continued blessing on this church and this community. Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's your name, we, your name, we pray. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. We hope to see you again next week.